from the rule of our Holy Father St. Benedict's chapter the 34th, Si omnes de qualita necessaria accidere, whether all ought alike to receive what is needful. As it is written, distribution is made to every man according as he has need. Herein, we do not say that there should be respecting of persons, God forbid, but consideration for infirmities. Let him, therefore, that hath need of less, give thanks to God, and not be grieved. And let him who requireth more be humbled for his infirmity, and not made proud by the kindness shown to him. And so, all the members of the family shall be at peace. Above all, let not the evil of murmuring show itself by the slightest word or sign on any account whatsoever. If anyone be found guilty herein, let him be subjected to very severe punishment. Just as in a family no two children are alike, so too in a monastery no two monks are alike. Saint Benedict would have his monks be treated as individuals. In Benedictine life, while there is a common discipline, there is no stultifying regimentation, no attempt to squeeze every man into the same mold, no requirement that all be satisfied with the same things in the same quantity at the same time. There is a story from the sayings of the Desert Fathers that throws light on St. Benedict's discretion. A hunter in the desert saw Abba Anthony enjoying himself with the brethren, and he was shocked, wanting to show him that it was necessary sometimes to meet the needs of the brethren. The old man said to the hunter, put an arrow in your bow and shoot it. So he did. The old man then said, shoot another, and he did so. Then the old man said, shoot yet again. And the hunter replied, if I bend my bow so much, I will break it. And the old man said to him, it is the same with the work of God. If we stretch the brethren beyond measure, they will soon break. Sometimes it is necessary to come down to meet their needs. When he heard these words, the hunter was pierced by compunction, and greatly edified by the old man who went away. As for the brethren, they went home comforted. St. Benedict makes consideration for infirmities a grand principle of the rule. Infirmities constitute a claim on the charity and forbearance of the abbot and the brethren and on the all-sufficient grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
St. Benedict resonates with what the Apostle writes. There was given me a sting of my flesh, an angel of Satan, to buffet me. For which thing thrice I besought the Lord, that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for power is made perfect in infirmity. Gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may dwell in me. For which cause I please myself in my infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, and distresses for Christ. For when I am weak, then am I powerful. The monk who can get on with less, less food, less drink, less sleep, comfort of time to do things, must not become self-sufficient and inflated with pride. Such a monk, I've said this before, can easily go before God and pray rather like this. I thank thee, O Lord, that I am not like so many other monks who need more rest, little snacks during the day, extra clothes, and many other concessions to human weakness. I am at every choir office. I fast more than anyone else. I keep a stricter silence. I go without many conveniences, and I show everyone else how this life ought to be lived. God will say to him, Very well, my perfect little monk. You have no need of mercy, no flaws no chinks in your armor. You need neither physician, nor shepherd, nor teacher. I shall pass you by, and go to some little imperfect soul who needs me more than you do. The strong monk, the monk for whom the observance comes easily, must take care, lest God show him a severe mercy by allowing him to fall or by sending him a debilitating illness, or by reducing him to a state of other dependence. The strong monk must become twice as humble as his weaker brethren, and never stop thanking the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who provides him so generously with health, or with energy, physical strength, or intellectual acumen, or with any other gift. The strong are to make themselves, as Brother Cassian likes to say, very little souls. <clears throat> the monk who needs more of anything, more food, more drink, more rest, more affection, more quiet, more conversation, more affirmation, more work, more time to do things, must also become very humble and recognize that he is the object of a special solicitude on the part of God. Thus, he will be always and everywhere grateful. The weak monk will learn to say this prayer, O God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I am a study in infirmity. I have more vices and weaknesses than anyone else in the monastery. I always require more the next man. I thank thee that I cannot get through a day, no, not even through an hour, without falling, 
something, or otherwise urgently needing thy assistance, if I can do nothing else, let me at least be an example of what your grace can do in weakness, and your mercy in misery. I need thee more than all the others, because I am of all the community the weakest, the poorest, the most in need of being carried. For all of this I thank thee, because if I were stronger, I would begin to think myself capable of something. I prefer to know at every moment that without thee, I can do nothing. The one thing that will trouble a peaceful cloister is murmuring. Murmuring is toxic. Murmuring poisons the minds, both of those who indulge in it, and those who listen to it. And St. Benedict says wisely that murmuring is not only verbal. Long faces, pouting, sulking, passive-aggressive behavior, gloominess, self-isolation, stubborn attachment to one's own way of doing a job, all of these things are forms of the vice of murmuring. One can complain, tear down, diminish, and sow the seeds of discouragement, suspicion, and disobedience, not only by words, but also by attitudes and actions and nonverbal inferences. If any one of you indulge in this kind of behavior, you will be severely corrected. Do not be surprised by this. I shall not hesitate to correct severely, privately at first, and then publicly, any brother who demonstrates this sort of behavior. Especially sulking. Completely unacceptable. A man who comes to the monastery <clears throat> must be prepared to give up doing what he wills in the manner he wills and when he wills. He lays aside his own opinions, preferences, and securities. The man who thinks that monastic life is compatible with indulging his own fancies will not do well. He will either die to self and rise to new life or return to his old life. Murmuring is a sign of resistance to death Self. When I receive a postulant, he kneels on the threshold of the monastery and I give him the crucifix to kiss. And the message is you come here to die. To die to yourself, to your way of thinking, your way of acting, your way of doing things, to your own preferences, your own desires, your own fancies, your own likes, your own dislikes. The murmurer is a troubler of the Pax Benedictina. God, says St. Paul, is not the God of dissension, but of peace, as also I teach in all the churches of saints. I address all of you, but in particular the novices, because the novitiate is a time of testing, and the novice should, 
expect and want to be corrected. And so um, I will correct brothers as needed. And one must learn to receive correction humbly and gratefully. The abbot, when he corrects, is helping a brother to die to himself. And helping a brother to die to himself, he's helping a new man to be born. So be grateful. Uh, when the abbot acts as a spiritual physician, and prescribes remedies that may not be pleasant, be grateful for the remedies. And uh, I insist very much on this, this point, showing a cheerful countenance. The brother who goes around uh, with a gloomy face uh, and poisons the atmosphere of the monastery. Uh, a cheerful countenance is an act of self-denial. It is very pleasing to God. A cheerful countenance is an act of charity to the brethren. A cheerful countenance glorifies God. So if a brother is, uh, feels that his will has been thwarted or his way of seeing things is uh, not accepted, he needs to praise God for the opportunity to grow in virtue and show a cheerful countenance. This uh, is part of what one learns in the Vissiate. It's not enough to put on a tunic, a cincture, and a scalp. You have to put on a cheerful countenance. So I, I, I very much put the emphasis on um, showing good cheer in the monastery, especially when things are not going the way you want them to go. That's a double motive to show a cheerful countenance. And I, I remind you all that um, there are uh, brothers to whom I delegate part of my authority in certain areas of the life. Um, and this, this I must do. And you are to show those brothers the same respect and deference that you would show to be personal.